1: When Raw ends, when it's time to begin,
2: it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and Waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind around for Monday night, Download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind around
1: for Monday night on USA, now on the John and Waiting. The mic.
0: Welcome to Rewind of Raw. My name is Waiting and the much deserved John Pollock uh vacation if you can even call it that not uh, we can't really call it that cuz the man is probably busier than ever uh the the John Pollock um welcoming of um of a new member of, of of the Pollock clan uh is still going on and that means our lineup of uh guest hosts continues here at Post Wrestling we've been joined in the past week by Bruce Lord, John Sino, Mike Murray, WH Park. And it continues, of course, on Mondays, 3-Hour Raw, we had to bring in the big gun. This person is what I'd like to call um, Nas for podcasting. Anytime you need to uh speed up your podcast and attract just a great, 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 uh, I don't know, result, you hit the button and you bring on this man, Nate Milton, the podfather himself. What's going on, Nate?
2: What's going on, brother Ting? Uh, I'm happy to be here, brother, and, and fill in for uh, DJ Joe Po. But I gotta say, before we get into anything, like I was so moved by by the show last week. You know, the the big tribute for John and the way he just slow walked away from the microphone, and they played that that midi version <laughs> <laughs> of the Rwanda Raw theme and and the fireworks and everything was going off and i was just sitting in my sitting in my house listening to the podcast just thank you Pollock. thank you Pollock. and and so i i'm i'm coming here with a lot of emotion tonight people but uh yes uh all, all jokes aside i am very we, happy we paid
0: a lot for that metallica uh, yeah
2: i was Pollack. i was going to say like the metallica the, yeah. the music rights alone set the uh network back a fortune uh but yes i i want to add to the long list of people sending my congratulations out to the Pollock family and uh, yeah, we, we all love John around here so he's getting a much deserved rest as you said brother.
0: So of course you're the host of the Rocky View Picture Show with uh, uh, the latest episode just uh, released this past week so yes. if you want to scroll back down into your feed you can find uh, uh, Nate's review of San Andreas along with Shane and Chris from LA this past week but um, the other time that listeners may have just recently heard from you, of course, would have been Rewind America, which was released mm. uh, well a little over two weeks ago now at this
2: point. Yep. Yep. But you'd never know it by listening to the president of the United States way.
0: Well, I, I suppose at this point, you know, it, it would be nice to get a bit of an update. I mean, we are what, like three, three weeks removed. I, I'm getting my timelines mixed up. But... It's
2: about two and a half probably by the time folks are listening to this two and a half. And uh, how are
0: things over uh, in the state of Virginia um, in, in, in the several days or several weeks since?
2: Things a good way. Like I said it on a couple of different shows over the past few weeks. Like it feels just like there's been a little bit of a weight lifted off of my shoulders. I'm walking a little taller. I'm not breathing as heavy. And again, like everything is not going to magically change on uh, January 20th uh, of 2021. but it does feel like, you know, the temperature, at least around where I'm at, has started to cool down. Like, there were some idiots the first week that were, like, trying to intimidate people and, and you know, like, threatening violence on people, and it's like, yeah, like, that's not the way to get your point across, and also it's a crime, but, you know, the authorities took care of that, and so, like, the last two weeks, it's been it's been kind of, you know, people are just kind of trying to get back to where we used to be. Uh, And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting way because, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to lose Tang, but, but the way, the way that the president's acting, you would think way that, that it was like a, a mysterious double count out, but actually only one candidate got counted out and now they want to restart the match or the election. And I I don't know if that's the way things go way.
0: You know, uh, we've seen heel tactics like this plenty of times. Uh, and sometimes, you know what? they The scary thing is that sometimes they actually... There's a small chance that they might just work. You know, depending yeah. on who the referee is. Depending on perhaps how... Uh, I don't know how, uh, how, how... You know, if you have a heel commentator talking about it um, on the sidelines. Maybe convincing the audience yeah. that uh, this person is actually telling the truth when they're clearly yeah. not. Uh, so... There's still, you know, like today, of course, like it seemed like, what is it? Trump like seemed to uh, give as as much of a concession as I think we might be getting at this. point. Yes,
2: I think Um, this is as much as we're going to get. Like, if anything, he'll give us a speech where he basically just hypes himself up for 30 minutes. And then maybe at the end, he's like, "Uh, but now I got to go, you know, for no particular reason at all. I have to leave. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most we'll get from that man way.
0: Um, you know, have you kind of mentioned maybe like a, a, a little bit of strife maybe in the days ensuing, but um, certainly like I would say there was perhaps, um, I don't know. I felt like a lot more fear of like, you know, like major something very violent happening. Do you mm-hmm. still get the sense that that's possible?
2: It could, it could happen way like anything could happen, particularly the closer we get to the election, because I do think these are inflection points where in the, Three the, or four the closer days. we get to exactly the, yep. the
0: election what, or or do you mean the uh, the actual transfer
2: the the inauguration the oh, yeah. uh i think that you know like if you look in the days of the election that's when it was the most tense and as we've gotten further away from that it's kind of dissipated and i think it's going to be the exact opposite as we get closer to the inauguration where things are going to ramp up uh but hopefully uh cooler heads prevail uh but even if they don't just I'm I'm not you know a scientist way, but I can read and and the numbers I saw in the country like there's more people mm-hmm. uh, on the on the side of uh, right I guess you could say than on the side that uh, wish to do harm. So hopefully you know don't don't start no stuff. Won't be no stuff. Is 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 what just say to the folks out there.
0: Well, of course we wish the best for everybody uh, in the U S uh, you know, no matter like who you voted for um, ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the betterment of the entire country. And, and of course the safety of, of, of all the people. So yes. um, maybe we'll kind of leave the political talk at that, but I knew a lot of people were curious. Uh, like, folks,
2: pe- people just have to learn to lose gracefully way. And then let me tell you, wait, losing isn't easy. I'm going an, to a sports fan. Oh, of course. But you got, you have to deal with it. Like, I'm not still out here trying to litigate what happened in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. You know, you just got to live with it. I'm not here trying to reignite what happened a few months ago with the Braves losing to the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. You just have to accept it and learn from it and move on. And that that's all I'm saying out there, you know? Losing sucks, but you can learn from it and be better.
0: I I agree with that. Um before we move on, um I wanted to get some of your thoughts on Survivor Series. Of course, uh, mm. listeners will have <laughs> heard uh, our show yesterday. day, certainly a, a show not without its controversies in and of itself. Um, a lot of feedback we had to uh, our show yesterday with myself, Mike Murray, and WH Park. Uh, you know, I have to say a lot of uh, criticism, but a lot of positivity for it, too. So do check it out if, you, if that interests you. But uh, I also know that you, Nate, did a show of your own. Yes. Uh, so where can people listen to that, first of all? And uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us a, 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 a bit of a summary of what you thought.
2: Yes. Well, I, I can do um, uh, all of those things, waiting Ting. Uh, you can check out the show in one of two ways. There's the way that I would prefer you check it out, which is go to the Kings of Sport Patreon, uh, where $5 gets you in the door. And you can check out the newest edition of React, which is a Branded show between the kings of sport and play nation but if you don't want to slide dollars my way you can go to place nation and check it out for free uh and and we had a conversation with myself scott Criscola, and brent Chittenden, somebody who the postmark should be filled with we we talked about survivor series so that's up right now um my th- on survivor series way i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bring that bring the heat like that man wh park and i love brother brother park he is He's like the Beyoncé of post-wrestling. Like he he did not come here to play with these bitches, way. He came to slay. <laughs> and that is <laughs> that is what WH did last night. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation that you had with uh WH and, and Mike. Uh, and I you know what, what you're
0: of- gonna get with WH. Uh, it, you know what, like, I mean, it, it was a it was a suggestion I had made to get him on the show. I <laughs> thought it would be, you know, interesting to to get his takes, and it certainly was interesting. So, um, I I I do recommend you make up your own mind and listen to yourself. But yes,
2: yes, but well, count me in the camp that enjoyed the show way. Uh, but my thoughts on Survivor Series <sighs> was it a great show? No, uh, terrible show? No, I think it was. I think you said six, six and a half out of 10. I th- that's where I'd go. You know, that six, six and a half range. Uh, because matches that needed to deliver, I think, delivered. And I am talking specifically about Oscar versus Sasha and uh, the New Day versus the Street Profits, as well as the main event. Like, I, I really enjoyed the main event. Like, they managed to somehow make a match that they gave themselves a week to hype up. They made it almost like a WrestleMania caliber match into the atmosphere and the mood and the the presentation of it. So I, I really enjoy that. I like what Roman's been doing lately. Uh, that was cool. There was some weird finishes on the card, particularly in the women's Survivor Series match, a theme that might carry over to our discussion about Raw tonight uh, with these crazy finishes. Uh, so like I think the only match that really didn't hit for me, and I don't even know if it was going to, even if they had made it a six-star classic, Ashley and uh, Sammy and again like Mm -hmm. it was short you know so it didn't really drag down the show so I thought it was a decent show particularly in this COVID era it's probably one of the most consistent shows we've seen um and and it didn't you know it did what it needed to do Roman came out strong and Drew didn't lose anything in defeat so I thought it was for what it was it was good way
0: so, again, for uh, more of Nate's thoughts, you could check out his uh, post show on the uh, Place to Be Nation or, uh, as we recommend, on the uh, Kings of Sport Patreon, which you can find a link to in the show description. Uh, before we move on with uh, this week's schedule, I wanted to alert everybody to a sale we've got going on this mm. week at store.postwrestling.com. Uh, this is open to everybody, and it's 20% off any t shirt of your choice at store.postwrestling.com. Typically, that works out to, to be about $5 off the regular price. So you can uh, use that to do some holiday shopping, of course. Uh, and you can get the new Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventures yes. t-shirt, the Post Wrestling <laughs> Marvel t-shirt, the Post Pro Res t-shirt, or, if you so wish, the Rocky My Via mm. Picture Show. A, t- a, a hit, a top seller, if I may say, uh, at store.postwrestling.com.
2: Yes, I would definitely advise the postmarks to check it out again. 20% off way like that's not just a deal. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a steal.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Oh, we should get you to voice over some of this some of these ads. <laughs> uh so yes, com. that sale goes on throughout the weekend uh into Cyber Monday. So, uh get yourself a shirt or buy a friend a shirt if they, you know they like the show. Coming up on the schedule this week uh for those of you who have been missing John a whole lot, He will be making a return in pre-recorded form. But tomorrow on Rewind Away, we will be talking about ECW Anarchy Rules from 1999. Mm. This is a pay-per-view featuring, well, what was supposed to be Taz versus Masato Tanaka for the ECW Championship ended up being a three-way between he... Uh, Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome and it resulted in Taz's the end of Taz's very long reign as ECW champion before going to the WWE so we'll talk all about that show we haven't done an ECW show in a while so that'll be a lot of fun uh we've got bruce lord joining me again on rewind dynamite on wednesday our friends at up next are going to be back on wednesday of course bushby and thompson's wrestling adventure is out on thursday on the bwe feed they will be talking about roh's manhattan mayhem number two featuring takeshi morishima versus brian danielson classic classic roh match uh with a few roh experts so we look forward to that on the british wrestling experience feed friday rewind to smackdown will be live and i will be joined again by john Cena. We had a ton of great calls on Friday last week. So uh, all patrons, I encourage you to listen and please join us again. I'll leave plenty of time for your calls. So that's what's going on this week on uh, the Post Wrestling Cafe. And you know what? If you're a cafe patron, maybe even a bonus show this weekend as well. A lot of people have been asking for Total Bellas uh, if I have a bit of extra time. And if I can, can convince the fiance to, to, uh, to join me again, perhaps we'll we'll do one of those. Um, Nate, are, are you a fan of the Total Bellas or any of the reality shows wwe releases?
2: see here's the thing, way like I like them for what they are, but I have to binge them. Like so I I, I just wait until the season's over and then I'll catch up. And they're like, okay, that's fun, that's cool. Uh like Total Divas is a little, I don't know why, but Total Divas feels like a little more extra, a little more extra than a <laughs> Total little Bellas. More
0: extra. what are you talking about? <laughs> it's reality like a yeah like
2: total, total divas is 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 like uh it it like every episode feels like back in the day and this is going to date me way uh but i'm sure there's a segment of the audience that, that can rock with it uh like when mtv when when the real world was really good like late 90s and like you'd always have that dramatic episode where somebody's getting kicked out of the loft or kicked out of the house or kicked out of the apartment and and it's like what are we gonna do? And then the last shot is always somebody leaving their keys on the on the on the dresser. And it's a, like that's that's how Total Divas is. Every episode, edge of your seat, fans.
0: Right, okay. And uh <laughs> I, I never watched the real world, so I'll take your word for it. But um, <sighs> that that um I was a big brother guy, you know, like we I never really got M T V here. Like we had bunch of music and they never really aired that show. Oh so,
2: oh, so- so if you never were into real uh, uh, real world, you probably never were into Road Rules either, because that was my show. No. No like what? we just, it's real world, and we just stuff these kids instead of putting them in this fancy New York apartment. We're gonna stuff them in the RV for three weeks. You
0: know what could go wrong. <laughs> so Nate, before we move on to our review of Raw, uh, which you know I think to some people might have been a bit of a dozer of a show. Mm. we are joined tonight of course as we were on wednesday and friday by our newsman andrew thompson the man who's manning the ship over at postwrestling.com in john's absence just putting up story after story after story story all day long so andrew how are you doing
1: i'm doing good well i appreciate you having me on man uncle nate always good what's up
2: nephew I was gonna uh, say, did you did you get your invite to the Thanksgiving cookout yet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, we're always good to be talking back with Uncle Nate, and of course, way you know, always good to be talking to you, my man. Even though we still got some uh some beef from Survivor Series, <laughs> mm. but you know, it's all good.
0: You know what? Like I, I, after a hard-fought battle, I'd I'd like to think that you know, we're we're, <laughs> we're we know each other a little bit more, we're a bit more closer. Maybe we'll even tag team at some point. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a it's a long-term story, but. Uh, uh, well, first of all, Andrew, maybe uh, quickly, some what are some of your thoughts on Survivor Series last night?
1: Uh, I, I think it was, you know, in ring wise, I think it was a solid show, uh, top to bottom. Just specifically on the in ring front, uh, the ending with with McIntyre and Roman, I think that was a kind of a clever way for them to, you know, n- it kind of you know dodge the thing ahead of McIntyre having to lose clean, mm. especially you know him lose him winning the title so fairly recently. Uh, I, I did like the fact that they, you know, put the you know, they, they gave Sasha the win over Oscar, considering Sasha just won the title. So, you know, I think they get a kind of a decent job protecting some of the, you know, the the, the 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 more hat champions right now. Uh but yeah, on the on the overall in ring front, I think it was a it was a decent show. But like, um, you know, I, I kinda wish they would, you know, do do the whole champions versus champions thing for like a pay-per-view like name like class of champions that they got so i think that's kind of like more 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 appropriate for these type of for these type of matches
0: what is in the news today
1: man it's uh well you know the first bit i think is very very appropriate because we have our, uh a our, our tna specialist impact wrestling specialist mm. on the line mr nate milton uh it was uh confirmed today that won the former tna knockout tag, oh a tna knockout tag team champion Uh, TNA knockouts champion uh, Taylor Wilde is returning to Impact Wrestling, is gearing up for her return. Uh, She was supposed to come back prior to the pandemic uh, and have like a trial run with Impact Wrestling Mm -hmm. to see how she, um, you know, how she how she was going to fit in the ring. Because she spent a great deal of time off. She went and pursued her degree in psychology and she became a firefighter and a mom Mm -hmm. throughout that time period when she was retired. So uh, Taylor Wilde is on her way back.
0: Nate, uh, I I know you're a fan of Taylor Wilde. Any thoughts on her returning?
2: Yeah, I think this is big news, Way. I think this is going to be something that could help the uh, Impact Wrestling Women's Division, uh, which, again, I, like, I think, Way, you could make an argument, and I'm not going to say it's the right argument or not, that, that's for the people to decide, but I think you could make the argument, Way and Andrew, that if you look at the knockouts division versus like WWE and AEW's women's division, like pound for pound, I think impact might have the best division going right now, just from top to bottom in terms of consistency. And so like just adding somebody with the experience of uh, Taylor Wilde to that mix. I think it's a good thing because she was great uh, during her last run. And, and I think, you know, like time off aside, like I think she can only help the division.
0: It's impressive to know what she's been doing in the time since. Yes,
2: she's done more in retirement than most of us have done at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Uh, but just even the knowledge that, you know, at this point, she seems to be coming back, not because she necessarily needs to, but, you know, mm-hmm. out, of, out of a love for, for the sport, I think uh, is, is something that's very refreshing. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what type of push she might be getting, whether or not she'll be, you know, they'll be telling her story a bit more in depth about especially now being a mother as well.
1: Yeah, and she she's been kind of like endearing herself to the women's division on Impact. Uh, she had her uh, she has her wild on podcast that she hosts. Mm-hmm. and She's had like, like she has a, a a lot of impact talent from 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 the women's division specifically on the podcast. So it's like she's already been getting to know them. And, I, and I'm pretty sure you know in these uh, off air conversations, you know she's probably you know kind of probably spilled the beans to them and let them know you know what was going on.
0: What else is in the news, Andrew?
1: So, uh, Mr. Kenny Omega uh, was a guest on Wrestling Observer Radio this weekend. And this man revealed uh, that he is working through a torn labrum right now. Um, and that's, and, 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 you know, basically said that, you know, it, it is a, a, something that could require surgery. Uh, but he's been, you know, basically fighting it off and avoiding having surgery and, you know, just working with AEW's head trainer to keep him ready on a week-to-week basis. Uh, I think the quote that he said is like more, like, it, I, I think a lot of people should hear it. And, you know, it's not a, like a lengthy thing, but I think it's a very important. He, you know, and I quote, he says, so torn labrum, as you know, is no laughing matter. That is a surgery. Uh, but, you know, I've got a very talented and unbelievable trainer. And our doctors, of course, are always monitoring monitoring, and making sure that we're doing okay. But our hear trainer Bryce ready, next level kind of guy. He, he's kept me together in a condition where I'm able to perform as long as I make sure that I'm able to see him. Two, three times a week, I can lift. I can do full range of motion. I just need to make sure I can look after it and I can avoid that surgery. Of course, I can't afford having that time off. If things get worse, of course, that is an option I'll have to consider. But when I have problems with my neck, my shoulder, my back, my knees, and there are days when it is all of them, every single thing is hurting. I go to the trainers. They kind of patch me up, and I go out there and perform.
0: Man, stories. uh, And, of course, that's from our friends uh, at Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, mm. For that interview with Kenny Omega. um, You know, like, I know wrestlers like wrestling with injuries is really nothing new. And you have to wonder, like, on the scale of injuries that Kenny Omega's probably had to deal with throughout his career, like, where does this rank? The fact that he mm. can continue to wrestle with it, I think, you know, suggests that it's, it's, it's not catastrophic enough, obviously, that he needs to you know, take time off. But right. it also makes you wonder, though, it, like, if it is something that will prevent him from perhaps having a longer run. Perhaps for, with the championship in,
1: in in the near future.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because like um, it, it kind of made me wonder. About the same thing, kind of about the young bucks. Because I know uh, Matt Jackson's kind of dealing with an injury right now. So like, do you want to push them a little a little too far when it comes to these you know high profile matches that them, that I'm sure they want to have and that mm. they want to present? And versus like, where, where do you kind of draw the line with them as far as okay, yeah, you're the champion, but let's kind of scale it back a little bit as far as you going out there and trying to just. Like just kill it every night, you know.
2: And and yeah. one thing that that I, I think about when I hear stories like that way is I've always been an advocate uh, for the idea that wrestling should have, if not like an official off season, it should have like off seasons within the roster where we cycle guy, guys and girls in and out, you know, and give them a couple months off to heal up. Uh, And, like, so if I'm AEW, I wonder if that's something they think about now. Because, like you said, Andrew, like, you know they want to go out there and put on the, the best match they can and put out the best product they can. But when you look at, like, the EVP specifically, like, you think, like, all of us can't leave at the same time, but Kenny, right. like Kenny, take take a couple months off. We we hold it down, and then when Kenny gets back, I right, bucks y'all go do y'all thing. We'll hold it down when they get back. Cody, go take you some time off and and, and get ready for that match with Shaq. And, and so, like I think <laughs> this. Like, there's a way, like, and particularly, like, it, it's harder in WWE because the culture is so ingrained, but I think with AEW being a relatively young company, that might be something that they could think about going forward, like, maybe working in breaks for not only the talent, but the folks running the ship.
0: I would love to see it, absolutely. I guess the tricky thing about wrestling is that, you know, like, no doubt, like, an season would benefit, or, like, the, you know, the, like, cycling, like, like, what you're suggesting, Nate, would definitely benefit people, but at the same time, it's like... Man, what if somebody like you know, like Chelsea Green comes back in their first match back Mm, after like mm -hmm. a big month layoff and then just like gets injured again, right? Like you never know when you're gonna get hurt. So, I mean, certainly like a break is better than no break. Um, but at the same time, like (sighs) wrestling is just gonna be dangerous no matter what, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, like it's it's like football or or or, uh you know, boxing or any contact sport. Like there's an inherent risk involved. And I agree, Wade, like you can't stop Accidents from happening, uh, or injuries from happening, but I do think, like, maybe if you think about things in a different way, you can maybe mitigate some of that stuff. You know, you can't stop everything, but maybe you can stop some of these things.
1: And continuing on the AEW front, uh, as, as announced uh, today, which it w- will. <laughs> it is it's midnight now as we recording this, but uh top <laughs> top, top, top top flight has k kayfabe,
2: brother kayfabe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But uh top, top Flight has signed with uh all elite wrestling, Darius and Dante Martin. Uh Nate Nate, these young dudes, man, 21 and 19 years old, uh mm. signed to all elite wrestling. Uh Nate, let me ask you, do you, you think uh and, and wait, look those two that you think AEW is done? kind of a, a, a decent job with kind of diversifying their roster as far as, like, you know, a, a ethnicity and race and uh, on, on the on, like, on that mix of vet versus, you know, fresh faces. Mm-hmm. Like, we recently saw Jay Cargill and Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, uh, and then they, you know, throwing a Matt out that recently got signed. Okay, yeah, first- I really... So,
0: I'm Go sorry ahead. to cut you off. First of all, like, are, are we, Andrew, are you actually talking about p- a pair of people that are actually younger than you for once? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I, I am indeed, sir. Uh, <laughs> that, is
2: a, a,
0: that is amazing. That tells you how young these two actually are. Uh, Please continue, Nate. Sorry to cut you
2: off. Oh, uh, no. I'm glad you stopped me there, Wade, because, yeah, that, that that is breaking news. Like, pro wrestler actually younger than Andrew Thompson. More news at 11. Uh, but I think like uh, I do like the mix of talent that's on the AEW roster. Um, You know, the talent we see on Dynamite and the talent folks can catch on Dark, which I think is a really interesting show. Uh, like, I don't watch it every week, but the weeks I do, it almost feels like they've manufactured a, a bit of a developmental territory way where, mm-hmm. like, these are folks we're going to get reps, and there'll be reps on TV, but they may not be connected to what's going on on the main show. Uh, and so, yeah, like, I, I think, like, I'm waiting to see, as as a, a black wrestling fan, like, I am waiting to see, like, who's going to be that breakout black single star in the company. Uh, but I think overall, like, that's just me, like, my wish list, like, what I would like to see from the company going down the road. But I think if you just look at the makeup of the roster, and and not just ethnically or racially, but as you said, and experience levels and different styles from all over the world. And, and, you know, we've got some indie cats in here. We, we've got this kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, but we've got this, uh, I was going to say entanglement to be funny, but that's not what it is at all. Uh, but we got this, this kind of relationship with NWA where we've used, uh, some of their women, which has helped our women's roster. Um, so yeah, I, I like what they've done so far.
0: I think they're a great signing. Um, You know, like just seeing how they fit in with the Bucks, um, Mm -hmm. they they look tremendous. But you know, my my big question is, um, can they separate themselves from the Bucks? I would say right now they they are very much seemingly like kind of kind of like a very young version of the Bucks, which I think you know bodes well Mm -hmm. for for their futures because they could be very much molded. But in in the meantime, you know, Mm -hmm. like Nate said, you know, spending that time on dark in development. Um, separating them from perhaps some of the other teams that are out there, uh, will probably be it seems like a long term play for AEW, you know, where this team probably won't necessarily get their big run. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, private party, they've been around for a year, still haven't really had a big run, neither have Luchasaurus or or, or, or mm-hmm. Jungle Boy. So mm-hmm. all those teams are kind of in line first before a team like this might be, but uh certainly setting themselves
1: up well for the future, I would say. Like it's crazy that you kind of mentioned Private Party because, like, honestly, I felt like ever, I, I, like, I felt like in AEW their peak was beating the Young Bucks in the in the in the World Tag Title Tournament, and like yeah. they, it like they just never got to that point again. And like you know, it kind of makes me wonder, like, like just hindsight being twenty twenty kind of thing. Like, since Private Party kind of beat the most established team in AEW at that point, should they have gone on to be the first tag team champions of AEW, and then the Young Bucks probably get it back from them? Like, I always wondered about that. Mm.
0: See, I I, I really do feel like they're another team that like they are waiting for them to be a bit more like, you know, seasoned, not of course, just in ring, but also as characters, you know, in terms of story, in terms of promo before they really want to run with them as like main eventers. That's my hope, at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's certainly a time limit even with that, but I think they're still relatively young and underexposed that I think you're still pretty far away from it. So I, I still have like high hopes for them.
2: Yeah, like I like the little thing they did with uh, Private Party and Matt Hardy. Like I thought that was an interesting combination, and behind the scenes, it was probably good for them to sit under that knowledge tree. Uh, But yeah, like this, it's it's tough because that division is so stacked. Like where, like who's the team you're gonna move out to move Private Party up, and and so like I I do feel like wait, like their their time will come, but they they. They like that turkey what, right now, Andrew. Like, the turkey that's sitting at your house right now, listeners. Like, it's, it might be good, but you ain't putting no seasoning on it yet. And I know, you know, you you want that good turkey taste? You got to put the seasoning on there, the salt, the pepper, maybe a little paprika if you want to get fancy with it, that, that little razzle-dazzle, Andrew. Uh, but but right now, private party, they just like that, that, that turkey that's got potential. We just got to season them up a little bit.
1: Cooking sessions with Nate Way—I I, I think that's the perfect way to put the ball the <laughs> oh. segment, man.
0: We had our Thanksgiving a month ago, so I mean, I'm jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew, um, thank you very much. A- a- any other stories?
1: Uh, no, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. I mean, it, it was another one, but it was kind of like a more, more of a cheap plug for me. Give, uh, give it to us. <laughs> give it to us. Give it to us, please. Because <laughs> like, like, uh, Mike Bennett uh, made his mm. return to Ring of Honor. And uh, the only reason I said that was kind of a cheap plug because we have an interview we have an interview up on the Post Wrestling site with uh, Matt Taven that I did uh, mm. several, se- several weeks ago. And Matt Taven, he basically told me that he and Mike Bennett had been talking about this uh, happening for quite some time. So uh, and it was kind of cool to see it come to fruition. So that was kind of my cheap plug.
0: Never <laughs> miss an opportunity to plug your own shit, especially on, on, on our podcast. Uh, thank you very much for that, Andrew. Uh, you also have an interview, another one coming tomorrow with Mance Warner. Would you care to mm. talk, talk a little
1: bit about that? Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Mans uh, talked about suffering a collapsed lung after a show uh, last year, and you know he he didn't realize it until his family made him go get checked out. So that was a mm. he- hell of a story. Uh, he talked about Matt time and uh, you know working at GCW, AEW, and uh, his get getting uh, linking up with that man Conrad Thompson in the podcast network. So I mean the show network that they got on ad free shows over there. So it, it was a good interview, man. Mans a good dude.
0: So that'll be out tomorrow. The written version will be up at postwrestling.com. But if you want to see the video version, go on YouTube and subscribe, as you should right now, to Andrew Thompson interviews. Uh, a big week for you, Andrew, because you'll also be back on Thursday this week with Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling mm. Adventure. Uh, I'll I kind of briefly... <laughs> I either said it earlier, or I'm about to say it, but I've teased it up <laughs> <enough> already. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what have you? Are you an ROH fan? Like you know, uh, had you seen it before? What, what's your thoughts on Ring of Honor?
1: This was my first time seeing this show, and it, it, like I, I, like immediately when I was thinking, like when I first saw it, like I, I just miss fans, man. Like g- genuinely miss a fan of these crazy crowds, but like, like when we we kind of dove into it doing the podcast, and I, I'm curious to kind of get you guys thoughts about it real quick. Like seeing Daniel Bryan back then, and just seeing how over he was, and how technically sounding was, how great he was in the ring. And I was just thinking, I was like, damn, was there ever a time when when Daniel Bryan wasn't like great? So I was I was thinking, like, like what wh- does Daniel Bryan rank just all the time for for you guys? Like seeing you know him being one of those one of the top talents, if not the top title of the independent scene, making his way to WWE, making it to the top of the mountain, kind of forcing his way to the top of the mountain, and then somehow finding mm-hmm. himself into a, a position of power when he's able to lobby for Big E and lobby for Kobe Kingston, lobby for Ali, and have some kind of pull power in WWE, and has openly spoken about that stuff. So like, I was kind of wondering, like, knowing all that and just seeing Daniel Bryan's rise, like, where does he kind of sit for you guys amongst uh, the greats of all time?
0: Uh, for me, like, I, I, you know, what stands out about him, um, especially like after his WWE run, like it, it it's not necessarily the wrestling, like he mm-hmm. is always consistent. He's always solid, but like, I don't really think of him anymore in the echelon of, let's say like a Kenny Omega or like, you know, Kazuchika Okada or Kota Bushi. like he is always solid, but he's not having like those kind of five star plus performances, um but nonetheless like i he is absolutely one of my favorite people like one of my favorite human mm. beings in the business like knowing uh, a lot more i think behind the scenes of especially what he's doing right now trying to like you know devote the second latter portion of his career to helping other talent seeing what type of person he is uh it, on total Bellas, like it, it's 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 really illuminating i think just how how good of a human being this dude is and for me that's Somewhat rare in professional wrestling, especially when you get people up at the very top. So that to me is what stands out about him the most.
2: Yeah. I will, I will co-sign that way. Like I've, I've always loved me some uh, Daniel Bryan Danielson. Like that's, that's my guy. And and I, I think to your point, Andrew, like the way that he's kind of used the hard earned and, and, and hard fought for a spot that he had in the WWE, Mm -hmm. like to use that, to put Kofi over like that, Like, you don't get that from every top guy or every guy that's at near that top level. And so, like, I, I think when you look at his whole career, like, it's hard to say where he, where he ranks among the all-time greats. But I'll say this, and maybe this is the highest compliment I can give Daniel Bryan because this is one of my favorite basketball players ever. Daniel Bryan is the Rafer Austin of mm. professional wrestling. And what I mean by that, for those that don't know – about Rafe Austin, a.k.a. Skip to my Lou.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: One of the greatest (laughs) playground basketball players ever and was one of the few that was able to take that skill from the playground and the and one mixtapes and all that and make it to the NBA and have a, like, he wasn't a star in the NBA, but he had a solid career in the NBA. And that's how I look at Daniel Bryan. Like, one of the greatest indie wrestlers we've ever seen got to the WWE. At first, they didn't know what the hell to do with the guy, but he kept working and kept working and finally made his spot and yeah like like you said way like just you never hear bad words spoken about the dude so yeah daniel Bryan to me is the the skip to my lieu of professional <laughs> wrestling andrew thompson
1: I, th- I think that's a solid solid analogy right there. they want one, one, one last thing i did want to mention like as, as like you guys as long as men like being fans as long as you have is it kind of crazy to you to know that there's a whole new generation out that will only know daniel Bryan as mm. his current incarnation and you know him being the the husband of Brie Bella and a reality <laughs> TV star.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's nuts. Um, and the being the technically the uh, the what is it? Um, step child in law yeah. of Johnny. Ace? <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest part of the whole thing. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super weird, but that's why we we love that show, isn't it? Yep. A. D. Thompson underscore. <laughs> Underscore everybody for all the latest news. Uh, doing a great job at postwrestling.com. Thank you very much for joining us, Andrew. Uh, we'll speak to you again on Wednesday.
1: Appreciate you, man. I'm,
2: t- I'm telling y'all, Andrew Thompson, follow this young brother. That's my nephew. Like, he, he don't sleep waiting. This man is up all hours of the night. This brother don't take a rest, take a nap. He don't sleep. The man, he like Hamilton Way. The man is non stop.
0: Uh. <laughs> so, we start off tonight's Raw. With Team Raw, gathered in the ring here with Adam Pearce, uh, the victorious Team Raw from last night, of course. Adam Pearce wants to reward Team Raw for their clean sweep of SmackDown last night, and he asks each member to state their case for why they should be next in line for a shot at Drew McIntyre's title. Sheamus is first to go, and he says that he was the MVP of the team, and he wants to congratulate his best friend Drew McIntyre on being a two-time champion. AJ says he's the captain and therefore the MP- MVP. Keith Lee says he pinned the Smackdown team captain so he deserves it. Riddle says he pinned King Corbin, so does that does that make him King Bro? He wants to beat McIntyre so he can hold his dope sword to go with his dope crown. They call each other dopey and fireface. Riddle says Fireface wasn't his first choice because Firecrotch was already taken. So, um the 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 continued um I would say the continued transformation of Matt Riddle into like Ashton Kutcher circa 2001, you know, in full effect, especially on this episode. Braun goes last, which makes him upset at Adam Pierce for making him go last. He physically threatens Pierce and then delivers a big headbutt to lay him out. And as we come back from commercial, they are teasing that Braun has been ejected from the arena and he will be facing later repercussions. What do you think of this opening segment?
2: I like it in the sense that the sweep last night actually had ramifications on this show. And it wasn't just something they, they just did. Uh, but, yeah, like the a little bit of riddle goes a long, long way for me waiting. <laughs> and uh, this was a little little too much riddle. Um, I, I do like what we ended up getting out of this, though. So in, in that respect, it was a good segment.
0: It's certainly positive that they, you know, see enough in him to give him so many lines to give him like a big presence on the show because the alternative Mm -hmm. is that he wouldn't be on the show at all. Um, But like, again, it's like it definitely we went through this exact same thing with Rob Van Dam, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. years ago. And Mm -hmm. it's that they they really just feel a need to reduce him to just this very one note, whatever, dude, you know, bro, Mm. like type of character that um, might be more palatable than, say, you know weed-smoking former UFC fighter, Um, (laughs) but it just feels, I don't know, a little bit too cartoonish, I think, for the average modern fan is is what I would say.
2: I think especially when we've seen how Impact portrayed the Rascals, which is, you know, you could say that's a similar gimmick, where, Mm -hmm. you know, they're the potheads, but for whatever reason, maybe it's performance, maybe it's writing, like, even though those guys were caricatures, they felt more three-dimensional and Matt Riddle does up to this point. Mm-hmm.
0: So earlier today, we are shown a video clip of the Hurt Business telling the New Day how how they embarrassed Raw and their loss to the Street Profits last night. They want a match for the Tag Team Titles tonight. Cedric says, while you guys were cosplaying last night, I was on the sidelines. And tonight, I'm not asking, but I'm telling the New Day that I want a title opportunity. So the spotlight can be put where it should be, on me. Woods agrees Uh, What did you think about Cedric Alexander having like a big sort of little moment here for himself?
2: Again, the WWE giveth away and they taketh away. Because on the one hand, I like that Cedric Alexander had more to do here. I just felt like this segment and there'll be parts of the match that we talk about. Like it just didn't click. And like I like everybody involved in this segment. But for whatever reason, it felt too contrived. I, I guess would be the word I'd use way like, like we know that things have to happen on this scripted show, but it felt like they could have come up with a better rationale for this match. The
0: rationale, <laughs> the rationale was you embarrassed my show. And <laughs> I mean, there is, a, there are no such things as I think really rankings. It's just like you encounter somebody in the back. You ask for a title shot and you know, things are just kind of granted. But I, I did note that it was like, interesting that they decided to give cedric you know this amount of spotlight and that would continue Mm -hmm. into the match itself i thought cedric said it pretty nice and confident here like for the first time since he entered the hurt business you at least i got a sense that they were actually focused on making him the next Mm -hmm. door star like they're looking at him perhaps as the randy orton to you know their evolution as sort of like the next guy in line to for a main push whereas before the whole time i just kind of saw him as like you know your 205 live like mm-hmm. jobber there to take falls. And that could still very much be the case. But tonight, like this little bit of like, you know, uh scripted dialogue from him got me to feel like he might be somebody important to pay attention to. So we go to the match. It's a tag team title match between the new day and Shelton and Cedric um, quite standard going to the commercial, but we come back here. Kofi is about to dive onto Shelton. And while the referee is distracted, the illegal man, Cedric Alexander, rips Kofi off of the turnbuckle from the outside, sending Kofi tumbling to the floor. Kofi starts to sell the injury from the fall, as the ref counts he and Shelton both out. Shelton is about to drag Kofi back to the ring. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Shelton makes it back through the ropes, but Kofi doesn't. So the match is counted out. Um, Ringside everybody looks perplexed the hurt business have technically won but their music doesn't play the new day at this point retreat to the ramp they're calling for their belts even woods is saying you want a title match and you can't even follow the rules mvp grabs the mic he says he needs the ref to restart this match you don't want to lose like that do you are you guys scared so the new day agree again to restart the match and then another commercial um I feel like me recapping it made it sound maybe a bit more fluid than it was, but in yeah. execution, it felt incredibly awkward. What was going on here, Nate?
2: This this was bad way, and and again, it's not to denigrate the performers because everybody involved in this match is a good performer. Uh, but one of the things that I hate about any medium of uh, movies, TV, uh, wrestling is when you've got characters acting dumb for no reason. And we'll see this again with The Hurt Business tonight. And and I think I was more pissed off about the second instance than this one, but this still wasn't good. And it also, like, it immediately makes the viewer think back to Survivor Series if they watch Survivor Series. And we talked about how that match, the ending was kind of wonky, and, like, I don't know if that's the vibe you want (laughs) going into tonight. So, yeah, it, it made... It made the Hurt Business look dumb. It made the New Day look dumb for accepting the, the restart of the match. And it, like, yeah, it it didn't do the performance any favors. So, I mean, by the way
0: this whole thing played out, I mean, it, I, I would bet that it was, you know, everything according to plan. But, God, like, in execution, it felt like, I don't know if somebody was late getting into the ring and they just, you know, respected mm-hmm. the rules so much that they had to count Kofi out, <laughs> which would be crazy to me. But... <laughs> Either way, I think it's silly, okay, if it was a screw-up on Kofi's part. Like, yeah, I admire the respect for maintaining a referee's credibility, but when it's a half second away, bend the rules a bit, please. But now, if this was intentional, I think that's even worse. You know, why would you script a segment like this just to, what, facilitate a commercial break in here? Right. So that... I mean, Jesus, it just, like you said, it made the Hurt Business look like idiots. They're the ones who caused Kofi to get injured, and then they got themselves counted out. Yep. It made New Day look like heels were accepting a count-out retention of the tag team belt. And overall, just like, I don't know, it just felt like they were overthinking it too much, if if in fact this was all according to plan.
2: And the worst thing about it, way is just like you said, like, if they wanted two segments, Shelton... Cedric Kofi and Xavier can give you two damn good segments and they didn't allow him to do that because we had to get this convoluted uh extension of the match tacked on
0: yeah super weird uh so but I suppose we'll find out maybe some of the 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 reality behind this uh maybe in the in in the next day or so so we get a rematch right after the break it's the Hurt Business versus the New Day 2 Kofi, at this point, again, is thrown over the top rope. This time, he favors his knee, and the Hurt Business begin working over it. Some good stuff, I thought, between Shelton and and, uh, 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 Cedric as they start tagging in and out, working over Mm -hmm. that leg. The announcers continue to put attention on Cedric being a new, relentless version of himself. And after being being beaten down for so long, Kofi breaks the heel's momentum um, by simply kicking Cedric away. Big hot tag to Woods. And then Kofi does his kind of weird, sloppy, silly, like floppy dive onto Cedric onto the floor. Woods hits a power bomb counter into a code red onto Shelton for the win. Uh, what did you think of the second portion of this match, Nate?
2: I like the second portion of the match. I think we had actually, you know, a cohesive story being told with the... Uh hurt business working over that Nia Kofi and, you know, Kofi was able to get woods back in there. And, and like, I've really, and I don't know way, if it's just the fact that we didn't see woods for so long because he was hurt, but I feel like woods has come back with so much more fire mm-hmm. than the last time we saw him. Cause like last night and then tonight, like when he gets the hot tag, like I, I've loved some of the stuff that he's done. And so, yeah, but at the end of the day, like, even though I enjoyed the match, it does kind of make the hurt business look dumb because yes like you caused the first match to get thrown out and now you lost the second match so why why the hell should you get a third match
0: technically this is their their third match cuz last week they <laughs> lost a right. the match too so i mean the story now is that the hurt business have had three opportunities to win these belts and they've lost them all they're totally incompetent um i just have no idea what to really say about this this sort of booking i mean the idea that if you're if you're going to say the Hurt business is incompetent and they they can't get it done in three <laughs> opportunities, that in itself I think is problematic for like you know your top heel stable in the company. Yeah. But I wouldn't have done like the weird whatever like count out thing that they were doing. Um I mean anyway. Uh,
2: you know what I think unfortunately way it just popped into my head. I think I know what this is setting up. Sad. Like on the show the Hurt business like yes they're the top heels but they're also like a small business they're a small corporation and right now they're having trouble running their business it's it's being run inefficiently things aren't getting done and so who better to help a small business way than the former administrator of the small business association linda mcmahon is going to come in and help the hurt business become a more effective company
0: oh boy i would love to see that <laughs> those skits
2: just yeah. you, <laughs> Linda you know, as the they, mouthpiece for the Hurt business is something that would be incredible and terrible at the same time way. They
0: they definitely need an inj- injection of charisma and uh nobody can get it done, you know, like um uh Miss Zombie herself, Linda McMahon. Oh man. Yeah, that would be quite the visual. That would be quite the way to wrap up the storyline, that's for sure. And you have the Bobby Lashley Donald Trump connection too, don't you?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, it's it's all coming together. It's all coming together.
0: Adam Pierce is just leaving the trainer's room where he's been checked out. He's got a big red welt on his head, if you didn't know that he was just attacked. Uh, he says "If it's not it's not up to him, but if it was his call, he'd fire Braun Strowman. And you wouldn't see him again. He's about to make an announcement about what he was about to say earlier in the night, but Bobby Lashley interrupts to speak to him. After a commercial break, Adam Pierce is about to continue, but Randy Orton at this point interrupts to talk to him, so we don't hear from him for a little bit. Sarah is in the back with Lana. Lana says last night was the greatest moment of her career. Sarah asks, "What's next? Perhaps a rematch against Oscar?" Lana says, "I can't think about that right now. Feels like I'm dreaming, and I don't want to be waking up." <laughs> Get your thoughts on Lon- Lana later, uh, Nate. Uh, this yeah,
2: I, I have thoughts about Lana waiting. <laughs>
0: So we hear from Adam Pierce again, and he's just spoken to Randy Orton. His decision is that we're going to have three singles matches tonight. The winners will meet next week in a triple threat where the winner of that match will go on to face Drew McIntyre for the championship tonight for the qualifiers. We've got Matt Riddle versus Sheamus AJ Styles versus Randy Orton and Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley. And that first match with Riddle and Sheamus starts right now. Uh, these two, of course, had a big match a few weeks back that apparently Vince McMahon completely loved, which mm. might have actually been even been the impetus for this Matt Riddle name change to Riddle. So this week, Nate, like it was as last time, a very hard hitting affair. Um, we go through several or uh, at least one commercial break segment. We come back. It's a very aggressive back and forth. She, uh, Riddle hits this like springboard floating bro. Uh, Seamus goes for like the ten beats of the Bowery, but Riddle counters that with a Kimura through the ropes. Seamus actually has this great looking entry into heel a heel hook. Uh, Riddle gets out. Seamus sucks a PK, eats a final flash knee, which looked great even in slow mo. Um, I noted Nate here, the audio guy really like got his like hand on that crowd noise dial turning it all the way up to 12 for this match it's, it was that big of a match uh, Riddle goes up again again for the floating bro Seamus meets him up top executing an avalanche white noise Riddle kicks out at two Seamus is about the bro kick but Riddle just collapses before he can make contact as Seamus talks trash Riddle wakes back up with a big kick Riddle rolls into a victory roll Seamus rolls through that into a cloverleaf once again but Riddle rolls through one more time into a pinning combination giving him the win and qualifying him for next week's three-way. What do you mm. think of the match?
2: I really like this match, Way. I was pleasantly surprised. Because, again, like I'm not the biggest Matt Riddle fan. Like I may or may not have uh, derisively said that uh, he's like Kevin Von Erich with a cannabis card uh, to describe his oh. uh, wrestling style. <laughs> There's a There's a
0: character I would have loved to see. It's
2: Kevin Von Erich with a cannabis card oh, and wow. Matt Riddle. Uh, but but I thought this was a really good match. Like, it... it played to both men's strengths and this might've been the best Seamus match because I forgot the other riddle match. Like I probably wasn't paying close attention to it just because, you know, I didn't know that I had to, you know, I didn't have to speak to the people about the match later, Uh, but I was paying attention. You didn't
0: know what name was on the line.
2: I didn't know (laughs) that it was for the name. Uh, But, but tonight I paid close attention and I'm like, these guys clicked. I, I can see why like Vince McMahon and I don't usually agree on things way. But I can see why he was high on this combination.
0: I totally agree with you. In fact, I thought this was like one of the best Sheamus matches I feel like I've seen. Mm.
2: And, you know, I always feel
0: like he's been somewhat underrated because, like, he's kind of got that WWE big man stigma. But I thought a match like this really put a spotlight on, like, some of his, you know, more versatile talents. Like, he, of course, loves to hit hard, which matches really well with Matt Riddle's style. But in Riddle, like, he was able, the combination allowed Sheamus to drag out some. Like uh, some more technical ability here, mm-hmm. like some nice looking heel hooks here. Um, it was like kind of a nice way to round out that hard hitting style that Sheamus already has. And for Riddle, I thought this was one of his best main roster matches too. Yeah. You know, um, in particular, like I feel like through his time on the main roster, I'm, I, you know, go, going into it, like I, I, I too have been pretty vocal about maybe like my, I don't know, not like me not being completely on board on the Matt Riddle train. I feel like a lot of people, um. Kind of maybe over over overrate him, um but I feel actually him being on the main roster has kind of made him into a more uh well rounded wrestler himself, and in mm-hmm. particular in this match, I thought his selling was better. you know he's not just a guy who's going from flashy move to flashy move. I thought the bits in between the moves for him on this in this match is is something that I think he showed improvement in it's something that I think the main roster w w e style actually Teaches well, maybe teaches a little too well and, 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 and you know, makes its audience, makes his wrestlers rely on it a little too much, as we will go on to talk about perhaps in an, another match later. Uh, <laughs> but at least in this one, it definitely helped Riddle feel more ra- well-rounded to me. So uh, I thought it was a very good match. I would have loved to see a camera on Vince McMahon as he was watching this. I'm <laughs> sure he would have loved it.
2: Yes. And, and, and to your point on Sheamus, like, I was not super enthused about the prospect of Sheamus versus Drew. But if we get a Sheamus that looks like the Sheamus we saw on Raw tonight, like I think that could actually be a pretty good match.
0: Totally, absolutely. Like Sheamus too has like a very hard hitting style. I think when you add the element of like a well told story to it, mm-hmm it, I'm actually more excited for that match than I've probably been for any Sheamus match, um, whenever it happens. So we shall see. Lana and Oscar are backstage, and Oscar asks asks Lana if she challenged her earlier. Lana says, "Not really. I was just asked the question." Lana is super. Sorry, Oscar is super enthusiastic, and she simply accepts the match. See you in the ring tonight. As Lana gives just uh, in case you had any doubts, how she felt about this thing. Uh, they spent a long time lingering on her smiling, like mm. big smile about it all. Uh, I
2: mean, yeah. Lana is like she is a. The- trained theatrical actress and when you're trained in the theater waiting i don't know if you've ever been in the theater but you're, you're you're taught to play to the back of the room so that somebody way up in the cheap seats can see your emotion and that's what lana was giving us tonight
0: uh, uh yeah you yeah, definitely um <laughs> subtle it was subtle yeah
2: <laughs> firefly
0: find house segment is up next today's lesson is all about something truly evil friendship braces friends will always let you down one minute they're your best buds, playing ball, burning the midnight oil. And the next, they're burning something else. As we cut the shots of Randy Orton burning Bray's house down from a few years back. But Bray, this, this time, is actually alluding to Alexa's friend, Nikki Cross, as a frog appears. A a friendship frog who believes that true friendship should last forever. Bray tells Alexa to show us what she's going to do to Nikki by attacking the friendship frog. So Alexa's eyes start glowing. She takes uh that stake that Bray has and destroys the frog with it, uh green blood and everything. We see an obituary vi- video for the friendship vlog. frog, frog, <laughs> in a fog, uh, from a tadpole to now. He died at age forty. Is that how long frogs?
2: I live for? I, I, I don't buy that. Out of, out of everything in this segment, that's the thing. That's where I draw the line way. I can't believe that.
0: 1980 to to uh 2020. I mean, that's a pretty long life span. It's a good
2: for, run for an or frog. Um
0: uh, so anyway, um <laughs> the punchline at the end is he was a fine amphibian. It's a shame he croaked. Um <laughs> listen, I uh I can't wait for John Pollock to come back cuz um I hate recapping these There's so much going on. Yes. I hate writing notes and then recapping them because there's, I can't omit any of it. Cause like it would make it even more confusing, but it's just like, can you help me make sense of all this name?
2: Here's the thing. Like I'm kind of hot and cold with the Bray stuff. Like sometimes I really dig it. Other times I feel like it's just eccentric for uh, the sake of being eccentric. Uh, but tonight, and I I don't know, like lately, maybe it's because of the inclusion of Alexa. It feels like the segments have a little bit more life to them. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I like that. We're still keeping Randy Orton on the back burner. No pun intended. Uh, and I guess it did what it was supposed to do to set up the match tonight. But yeah, like there's. There's there's a lot going on here. Like I I maybe I need to hang out with Matt Riddle more, and then I can understand these segments more clearly.
0: <laughs> yes, the Carrie Von Eric with the cannabis card. <laughs> um, you know it's um I I know that they're like these these segments. I think they're they're very visually uh stimulating, which is I think you know the intent. I mean, if you remember, we used to have Bray Wyatt simply talking to us. Yeah. And in Riddle, uh, not the wrestler, but just uh, in promo. And that didn't really work. So these are definitely an improvement on that. But I would say that by the end of it, I don't know if like the intent is to make you laugh or to make you scared or just mm. to make you watch. Um, In that sense, I suppose they're, they, they work. But I, I can't really say I feel much emotion coming out of these at all. Uh, But they do, like, work in the way that they, I suppose, tell you what program he's got coming up next. You had the allusions to Randy Orton here, as you mentioned. And then, of course, teeing up the Nikki match later on tonight. But first, we've got our women's title match between Lana and Asuka. Nia and Shayna quickly show up. And the idea is to show in the match that Lana was being competitive and actually deserving. Despite her, uh, you know, constantly kind (laughs) of, you know, uh, being portrayed as uh, a, a bit of a loser. So quickly, like I'm talking less than a minute in here. Shayna and Naya are taunting Asuka on the floor. Asuka gets out and spills water onto them. Naya and Shayna then attack Asuka, causing a DQ. Again, probably like less than a minute into this. As Naya is about to put Asuka through the announce desk, Lana saves her, leaving with Asuka up the ramp as Naya and Shayna challenge them. So before we get that match, mm. we get an R-Truth WWE shop ad for Black Friday where Drew Gulak shows up with the ref. He hits him with the Money in the Bank briefcase. He's about to pin him, but the lights go out. Mm. And the Fiend shows up. The Fiend is going after the 24-7 championship. But it's actually just Tazawa <laughs> in a Fiend mask. Psych. And uh, these men earn... Uh, a wage for the day
2: actually i actually you know these 24 7 segments are usually trash but i kind of dug this because it accomplished a couple goals way you had your black friday sale with uh, truth out there pimping the wwe shop uh then you had your gulak interaction uh then when you had like the fiend lights and music start going the moment where uh truth is like oh He's coming. I gotta go. Like <laughs> he just and like no
0: sold the the, yes. the idea that like so so what is this? Is this like exposing the fact that t- the twenty four seven division is is all fake? It, it is. Are just, yes. Like playing playing people that suck really bad at wrestling.
2: I mean, far be it from me way to disparage the the lineage of the twenty four seven championship, which has held has had such esteemed men as the gobbledygooker and Gronkowski hold it. Uh, but, yeah, this is, like, we. we this is Akira Tozawa, by the way. Like, I I don't think we can remind people enough about this way. This is Akira Tozawa who was eaten by a damn shark at one point in his quest for this championship. I
0: think they've definitely, like, you know, drawn a line between reality in, like, let's say your main event and, like, the cartoonish world of the 24-7 division. <laughs> like, it's anything that happens in the 24-7 division is, like, it doesn't really exist in canon, or at least it's not supposed to be treated as—I don't know—as um, scientific or with as with physics or or even like real life, you know, consequences as you might say in a main event. Like maybe it's all a dream sequence.
2: Hmm. Oh, that'd be excellent if if one one day we just get a twenty four seven segment and it's just truth coming out of the shower, a la Bobby Ewing. It was all a dream. My bad, everybody. <laughs> Oh, oh I, J, I will say wait, J Hart like
0: Truth. The, yes, J Hart
2: Truth. Oh, beautiful. Uh I I I while these segments are trash, like I will say if there's anybody that can pull some nugget of enjoyment out of them, it's it's Truth. Like for whatever reason, his his stupid comedy works for me more often than not.
0: I think my one regret is that we didn't invite WH Park on for this show as well cuz I think he he his pessimism mixed with your optimism would have been a tremendous, oh, tremendous mix. have
2: been that sweet spot right there. Just perfect.
0: <laughs> Asuka and Lana it on Shayna and Naya. Uh, Naya and Shayna quickly gain control of Lana, while Naya repeatedly shoves Lana to the ground, yelling, You're pathetic. I can't believe you're the sole survivor. Shayna stomps on Lana's neck and then pulls her leg straight up over the back of her head in this very elevated half-Boston crab, which looked pretty devastating. Hot tag to Asuka as Nia and Lana start fighting on the floor. Nia is about to send Lana through the announce desk once again, but Lana fights away. Nia charges, but Lana dodges, sending Nia into the table. Shayna grabs Lana in a clutch through the ropes, but Asuka rolls her up for the victory, so... Lana, again, is being positioned as the one who kind of snuck her way into giving Asuka the major assist here in a victory. Again, without doing anything. Um, what, what did you think about the match and the storyline as a whole?
2: Oh, here, here comes the pessimism way. you wanted it, you're going to get it because I, I hate this character. Like I think this could work if you had somebody that could garner sympathy. And despite the fact that Nia and Shayna are being these relentless bullies, I have no sympathy for Lana. Like, she's 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 not Mikey Whipwreck. You know what I mean? She's not uh, Kylie Ray or some figure that you're like, oh, that person needs to be protected. Like they're too innocent for this rough and tumble world. But they they won't give up because they got spirit and moxie and grit. Lana's not that character. And I think the the ending of the Survivor Series match left a bad taste in my mouth. The fact that this is the same Lana who. My math might be off way, but, like, three weeks ago, she was walking around with Natty, like, making things miserable for people. And mm-hmm. months before that, she was in this marriage, quote, unquote, with Bobby Lashley. Like, this is not the sympathetic character. This is not the sympathetic baby face. And so, yeah, like, I, it's almost to the point where I'm rooting for Naya and Shayna way because I, as a viewer, am annoyed with Lana's ineptitude.
0: I completely agreed. I mean, they've really had issues, I think, in the past with, like, transitioning some of their characters from babyface to heel without any sort of explanation at all. And most recently, I feel like you saw that with Lacey Evans, where mm-hmm. one t- one week she was a heel, another week she's a babyface. And then all of a sudden, like, she's a ba- she's the babyface with the daughter um, that we're supposed <laughs> to feel sorry for. A single mother, former army veteran, or uh, and then, like, uh, all of a sudden she's a heel again. We're supposed to have forgotten about all that stuff. And it it was the same way here with Lana, where you go from, you know, a social media manager for for Natalia, who stuck her way in through to winning a battle royal to all of a sudden trying to be this very sympathetic character that we're supposed to cheer simply because she gets put through tables by Nia every week. (laughs) Um, So they've like really just like stuck with this story and have seen it through for an entire month now to the point where. Without, you know, they're at this point, and maybe for some people, they'll actually feel sorry for Lana, and they they might even get behind her. But I think without that solid foundation, anybody who has any sort of memory past one month or two months (laughs) is not going to be on board with this story. There aren't, honestly, too many redeeming values about her that make her a natural babyface to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's not like the type of character, like, I mean... (laughs) I hate to make the comparison, but I mean it's it's not like a Daniel Bryan or a Kofi Kingston where like you're kind of pulling for this person to <laughs> to want to succeed anyway. Like Lana is just a very natural heel, um, and the qualities she does have that make her great, I mean, I think are more well suited for her being a heel manager, less so for being a sympathetic babyface wrestler. And uh, so, yeah,
2: it, and the other thing is like, yes, yeah, she's improving in the ring, but it'd be it'd be one thing if she were like Kyrie Saint. Right, who's this smaller uh, performer, but can do amazing things in the ring? Like that's not Mm -hmm. Lana. Like her wrestling doesn't make her a baby face to me either.
0: I'll tell you what. Like um, I haven't seen this whole whole show, but like I saw a clip from the Chronicle where like it was very emotional, where she was talking about like dealing with cyberbullying um, mm. and, and just like suffering from depression as a result of it. You see a clip like that and that absolutely does make you feel sympathy for her. And if you even mm. like see that clip before seeing the rest of the storyline, you kind of understand maybe why they would like decide to push Lana in this way. But you're not featuring that type of interview anywhere. No. Um, you're, you're not making it certainly a part of the storyline. So without that like very kind of important element or at least some type of storytelling reflecting that sort of emotion the rest of this is, is certainly not landing at all we meet up with Riddle with MVP backstage <laughs> Riddle wants to wish Bobby good luck tonight and Riddle says he's got some business ideas for MVP's investment he says people love pizza and yogurt so how about pizza flavored yogurt Brogurt? <laughs> MVP says I'm not your bro and if Riddle wants to pitch some ideas to him in a couple weeks, that's fine. If they like the idea, they'll do business. But if they don't like his ideas, they'll do some <laughs> Uh
2: Like this, I actually like this 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 interaction. Like I think MVP is somebody that can work with anybody. And I I I might be reading too much into it, way, but I felt like there was a point during that whole brokerage spiel where he almost got MVP to laugh. Uh, just because Ooh. of the ridiculousness of it, <laughs> and and so yeah, like I think, in, uh, if if well, well, we'll see later on in the night where where the rest of the tournament goes. But I think setting up you know a Lashley Riddle program that could be cool in the future.
0: I like that a lot. I, I think it's a good like in terms of level where they're being pushed. I think they I think it's a it's a good pairing. I think it's probably in ring like it could drag something very good out of both men. Mm -hmm. um you know i we talked about how maybe like cartoonish this riddle character is i will say like riddle does a very good job of portraying it and delivering exactly i think what they're looking for it it's not awkward for him like he is this character and um it you know it, it if if the intent is to portray him as sort of like you know like 90s surfer dude like he's nailing it or uh Kerry Von with Eric with the cannabis card.
2: <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, cause you know, they got the uh, bare feet connection.
0: Oh, Kevin. Yes. Kevin Von Ack. <laughs> Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley. It's a battle of mm. two very well protected men. This of course is another qualifier for the triple threat next week. Uh, Lashley hits a flatliner, but Lee kicks out at one. Lee is uh, trying to prevent the hurt lock from being applied. He's about to dive onto Lashley, but MVP distracts him, which allows Lashley to attack. Uh, both men execute very impressive leapfrogs. Lee delivers a big cross body to the floor, but MVP shoves Lee into the post behind the ref's back. Back in the ring, Lashley again struggles to apply the hurt lock, but Lee fights out of it, dropping Lashley right onto his back, squashing him. And at this point, MVP simply runs in and attacks Keith Lee, causing Lashley to be DQ'd. I thought there were some really really impressive sparks of like athleticism in this match from like, these two super-athletes. And I almost wish this was this was a match that took place in a shorter amount of time because I feel like these two going at a much faster pace could have been really impressive. For mm-hmm. me, I thought the pace was at times a little too slow and inactive for me. And this, to me, is where maybe WWE style gets to be a problem rather than, you know, a, a positive. Uh, but I thought, overall, they did a good job conveying both guys as, like, big, evenly matched monsters.
2: Yeah, I really like the combination between these two uh, and, and, like, they had some decent chemistry. I think you know if if they had the chance to run this match back, it could be even better. Uh, the one thing that really pissed me off the way again making your characters look dumb was the finish, mm-hmm. and the announcers tried to cover it by saying you know MVP he he saw Lashley was 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 taking too much punishment. And he wanted to end the match. You know maybe maybe they had a a flashback to Rocky four. And that's what Rocky should have done. He should have ran in and hit Drago before he, <laughs> he killed Apollo. Uh, but like, it's like, okay, if, if you want me to buy that theory, Lashley's right there. Why didn't MVP just kick Lashley one time? Then the same result happens. The match gets thrown out, but this time Lashley wins instead of loses.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Well, I guess he doesn't want to hurt his own guy. Like maybe they, <laughs> they're that. They're that like careful about it, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of true. Um, because
2: it makes use... MVP look silly, like he's supposed to be the mastermind, but he got his guy DQ'd.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, like he should. Well, he have. got
2: all of his guys DQ'd tonight, basically.
0: <laughs> did did that happen in the first match too?
2: In the uh, Kofi match, in oh, the, right. the New Day match, yeah, uh,
0: the count out. Yeah, it was not a great night for the Hurt Business, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um. You know, well, they might have to have that meeting with Matt Riddle to keep afloat. Or Linda. <laughs>
2: Nikki Linda's, Cross Linda's gonna come in and, and, and tighten this ship up. She's she's not gonna play for this tomfoolery. No.
0: Nikki Cross is in the back. Uh she's been trying to get Alexa to come back, but she's done trying. And uh Nikki is sick of worrying about Alexa and her friendship. Um she's going to beat the fiend out of Alexa Bliss tonight. And Nikki Cross comes out. I don't know if I've noticed her theme music before. I don't even know if this was actually her theme music or just the music they used to go to commercial, but she's walking out here TitanTron and everything. She comes out to this song which I can only describe as something that would fit perfectly on WCW Slam Jam Volume 1. Like I don't know if you noticed Nate, but it was like felt like it was straight out of the 80s, man. Like it was mm. very different from the type of music that they've been using lately, but people uh, hear.
2: I mean there is to to be fair. Like one of the masterminds, one of the brilliant uh, minds behind Slam Jam does still work in the WWE. So that's maybe, what we need. Forget maybe CFOs. that's the Michael P. S. Hayes original.
0: Forget CFOs. Like put put, put Hayes in, in NXT to do the music.
2: <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing.
0: We got Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross. Uh, This, I think, was somewhat portrayed as a bit of a culmination again, I suppose. I feel like these two have already had the match, but um, they're doing it again. This time, Nikki wanting to beat the fiend out of Alexa. Nikki asks at the match, What's wrong with you? Alexa makes Nikki chase her around the ring. Uh, Finally, Nikki grabs her, takes control. Um, She's beating Alexa up pretty aggressively, but... um, Alexa just kind of smiles about it and Nikki continues slamming Alexa's head into the mat screaming, listen, listen. And then Alexa in the middle of this match at this point starts crying. She's pleading Nikki not to attack her. She's looking at her hands, confused, screaming, what's going on? What's going on? Alexa says, Nikki help. I'm so sorry. She hugs Nikki and then delivers a sister Abigail for the win. Mm. um, what do you think of the match?
2: Oh, wait. Until you gave that brilliant description, it didn't occur to me that this match is ripped straight from the story mode of WWE 2K19. Because there's a part where your character and spoiler alert for this video game that's two years old by this point. Uh, but uh, your character is in a feud with Bray Wyatt. And... Bray Wyatt hypnotizes your friend and forces you your friend. Up? No, this is in the game way. It forces your friend to fight you. And, and the only way you can save your friend is by beating him in a match. Oh, this is straight out of the damn game way. Interesting.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, <sighs> man, that's really bold to, uh, try to replicate something like that on, on TV. Well, how do you think the execution was?
2: Uh, well, see, I, here's where I think they have an opportunity in real life to do what they couldn't do with, with my guy Cole Quinn in the video game. Uh, I think you've got an opportunity, way to tell some really interesting stories here. But I think also uh, I'm thinking a lot because this is a match that is very thought-provoking, a feud that's thought-provoking. Uh, we've seen too much physical contact already, I, I believe.
0: Between uh, Nikki and Alexa.
2: Yeah, I think this is something that you could maybe even drag out and make a little more uh, psychological um, and really kind of play on Nikki. Because I think the thing that this feud has kind of robbed Nikki of is a defined character. Like, we know she cares about her friend, but like, is she still like crazy Nikki from months and, and years going by or like where's nikki's head at right now
0: i i can definitely make the argument that she's never had a defined character mm, even that, even that as she true. was the best friend of like alexa bliss that was all she was she was the best friend of alexa bliss and we knew nothing else about her mm. um in from her time in sanity onwards it's like she she's always been a very superficial character and i say that because they've had opportunities to tell a deeper story with nikki cross they kind of hinted at it with like at one time she was going for a championship talking about i have all this family back home watching Mm -hmm. me they never explored any of that beyond like one little mention in a promo and then up until this point like even alexa bliss like the deep friendship that she happens to have with alexa bliss we don't really know what it's about um Mm -hmm. i think there's so much here
2: like and for the longest time we didn't even know if it was being reciprocated by alexa
0: that, too, like, it started off as something that definitely looked like it was, like, teasing some sort of heel turn. Anyway, like, throughout that entire time, you know, you've had Alexa Bliss turn heel, and even though reasons for Alexa Bliss turning heel, I think, are still really unclear. Um, Not to say, like, they have to completely spell it out, but at least get me emotionally invested. The reason why Alexa Bliss turned heel, as far as we know, is Bray Wyatt, like stuck his fingers into her mouth and then like Braun Strowman attacked her and somehow that was like enough to get her to turn. Like you don't have to tell me exactly why somebody is turning. Of course you want a little bit of mystery but I think there needs to be some some level of depth, some level of emotional connection. I've been a huge defender of C- the Cena and Wyatt Firefly Funhouse match um, and I hate this. I can't say mm. I like this at all because this story does not have does not convey any level of depth whereas i think that match did in a very short amount of time told told Mm -hmm. you a whole lot more about like the history behind the john cena character i really have not had any of that involving nikki nor alexa
2: yeah and like just talking it out right now way it's like yeah they've they've had opportunities to add a little bit more depth To add some more layers to this relationship and to this story and they haven't so like i hope that they'll do some of that but the the track record isn't great
0: again it feels like we're nearing the finish line or maybe even past the finish line right now and like you know Mm. like stumbling out out the gates and like the whole time you've had a bit of a bad run so I, i also felt like this match was almost like to me some of the worst parts of like wwe acting style that's been so popular lately like there's been a lot of criticism about maybe WWE doing too much of that. Some of it praise, you know, especially with like Roman and Jay Uso being a prime example, where yeah, that match was almost all acting. But I think it was like the story was good enough to to hook most of this audience in.
2: That's the thing, like it, it's built on a foundation. Whereas with this, it's like flimsy at best underneath.
0: And so you just the result was just like pretty predictable and kind of cringy, like. Ugh. B level, C level horror movie acting here.
2: <laughs> what's wrong with you, Wei Ting, <sighs> what's wrong, Way? <Wei? laughs> like yelling at you and banging your head on the mat. That's that's not getting through to you.
0: No, no. I mean, I think it needed a, a big soundtrack or something. Maybe some Metallica, Nate, because. <laughs> That's what we got here. Coming off of the uh, that match, we got another recap of the Taker Metallica video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was about as much as we had for, for the mention of The Undertaker tonight. But our main event is Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Orton quickly gets the advantage early on by countering AJ's acrobatics with a very simple thumb to the eye. AJ gets back on the offensive using Jordan's assistance on the outside. He even belly-to-back suplexes Orton onto the announce table, hitting him with his own spot. Orton goes up top for a superplex, but AJ escapes, hits the chop block, and starts working over Orton's leg. Orton avoids a calf crusher and regains control. He hits a backbreaker, but damages his knee in the process. AJ again locks in the calf crusher, but Orton struggles before AJ firmly locks it in. Very good selling from Orton, I thought, throughout the match. They spill to the floor as Orton rests on the barricade. The Fiend, not Akira Tozawa this time, uh, briefly appears. Randy Orton avoids a Phenomenal Forearm and then hits a draping DDT. Then he sets up for the RKO, but again the lights go out. The Fiend shows up again. As Orton is disoriented, AJ hits the Phenomenal Forearm for the win to take up the final position in next week's Triple Threat Match. Thoughts on the match?
2: yeah i thought the match was solid i think you know we could quibble with some of the finishes from the matches we've seen in the, in the tournament tonight but like this match included i thought the right guy went over like i'm really looking forward to aj riddle and keith lee like it almost feels like a throwback tna match where you've got two guys that can fly and do the technical stuff and you got a big muscle base mm-hmm. uh True. it's like a, like aj daniel's in abyss like it, it brings to mind something like that uh but this match specifically uh i think it's it's interesting like i'm like they didn't diminish my interest is, is what i'm trying to say in in either feud whether it's aj going for the title or the fiend and randy so i guess mission accomplished so yeah like i, I think randy is at this point in his career i know uh if you listen to the show last night they weren't the kindest words out there for for randall uh, but I think at this point in his career, Randy's a guy that you you know what you're going to get. And when you put him in there with a guy like AJ, it's it's going to be solid at least.
0: I like the match. I thought they told a good story with Randy's leg. I like Dorton mm. selling a lot here. Uh, you know, your your enjoyment, I think, of the match might depend on how accepting you are of some of the shenanigans with The Fiend here at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, The Fiend, it's like it's all gimmick, right? So yeah. his distraction finishes are going to be what they're going to be um, I, I do wish like maybe they can be a little bit more like varied with the way he interrupts the matches now rather than <laughs> just lights out peekaboo you know it's,
2: it's branding <laughs> branding it's branding he's got a style way he's got to stick to the brand
0: Well, retru- I, I guess he uh, Retribution is no longer around they weren't on this show at all so uh so they, he's the only guy using it. But uh <laughs> what did you think of Raw overall?
2: I forgot cuz I I've, like I usually watch Raw like I'll tune in and out on Mondays and I watch Monday night football or I'll watch Rachel Maddow or I'll watch something else, you know, and flip back and forth. Uh this is the first time in a long time way that I've sat down to watch Raw. It's a long watch. Oh yeah. It's it's a long show. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if some folks out there were watching and fell asleep towards the end of the show,
0: <laughs> right before it, the main event. Maybe
2: right before the main event. Maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I think this show could have been pretty good, but there were some things that really pissed me off. Particularly the way the hurt uh, business was portrayed in terms of some of the decision making. I thought some of the finishes of the mattress screwy. Lana being this baby face we focus on in the women's division is not doing anything for me. Uh, you know, the Bray Alexa, Nikki stuff is kind of hit and miss. Um, so like overall, it was, it was like, it wasn't the worst show I've seen, which I guess is damning with faint praise way. Uh, but it wasn't a great show, especially not coming off of a survivor series that I thought was actually pretty solid.
0: I never really noticed it, but like, I mean, survivor series last night was what, like uh three thirty in, in runtime yeah. um but like yet for some reason like that show feels far quicker than the three hours of raw like mm-hmm. that we get and i think that's m- mainly due to you know how important the content might be um that you're watching for those three hours like uh, the show we got last night was fitting of a three and a half hour show Yeah, the content we typically get on edition of raw is fitting of perhaps a one and a half hour show um, and that is, it definitely makes these often a drag and it, I really felt yeah. it this week too, but and I the, did-
2: the pacing's off too. Like if, if you want to give me a 40 minute or 30 minute, however long it was new day hurt business match, just do it. Like mm-hmm. you don't need the shenanigans in the middle. Cause I thought if you had told me going into the night way that we're going to get a 30 minute match with the new day and the hurt business, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm here for it. But the way they executed it, it, it just wasn't good.
0: I really enjoyed the mini tournament that they had throughout the show. You know, yes. leading into next week's three way. I thought all three pairings were really good, uh, at least in ring. You know, maybe finishes aside, uh, all three pairings were really good. And in particular, I would actually really highly recommend Sheamus versus Matt Riddle from tonight for people to go to go out of their way to watch. Um, you know, it also built well for next week's three way, which I'm also looking forward to a lot. But uh yeah some of the booking on this match man i don't know what happened with that new day hurt business thing as you mentioned um and a lot of like you know i would say non-committal finishes and lashley and lee and AJ and orton but at this point it's almost to be expected for wwe so you know a uh, good concept maybe not uh fully delivering an execution so we shall see what the forum thought here forum.postwrestling.com uh out of 10 nate what would you rate the show
2: Oof, I know like six out of 10 is my brand way, but I, I can't give it that that high. I can't go that high tonight. I'd probably give this show maybe a four and a half out of 10. Uh, Let's see what the forum thought. 5.6 out
0: of 10. Mm. Paul from New Jersey says, when Riddle talks, Paul from New Jersey becomes sad. That being said, he <laughs> and Seamus had a hell of a match. Hard pass on the pizza flavored yogurt. I've been thoroughly enjoying the Lana stuff. Thought we might see Peyton Royce on the show after pitting Bailey, but once again, my hopes are dashed. Raw started out. <laughs> That's true too. Like they put Peyton over, I would say pretty well mm-hmm. by giving her a pin over Bailey, but no, nothing from her. Um, Raw started out very promising, but took a bit of a nosedive as it went on for me. Five WrestleMania caliber matches that already happened out of, at WrestleMania out of 10. Uh, <laughs> so is Tucker completely forgotten about? Yes. Yes. He's probably on main event. this week. <laughs> Uh do you want me to take this one Nate or do you want to read it?
2: You can go ahead and take it away.
0: All right, it's just one last piece of feedback here from Andrew from Cape Breton. I was, and I
2: was going to say like I didn't want to make mention of it way but the fact that yeah, we got two pieces of feedback, it it tells you about this show. I think so too.
0: Uh we got Andrew from Cape Breton who says the stuff with Lana bugs me. I watched her WWE Chronicle episode, and in parts, it's heartbreaking, but also frustrating. Lana clearly is not cut up for being an in-ring worker, as seen in her slow-motion running in offense, but she has so many other positive aspects about her that WWE just doesn't want to use. It feels like they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with her. What's worse is it seems like she's a sympathetic babyface, despite being someone who fails upwards. Mm. She comes across as entitled, and it makes me want to hate her and get beat up Watch her get beat up by Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I like the Riddle and Sheamus match, but MVP looked at Riddle like everybody looks at Riddle, with pure disdain and annoyance. Why do all the heels feel like babyfaces? I relate more to the heels. Maybe I'm just getting cynical. It's kind of true. Like uh, what, what what Andrew mentioned. So, like she Lana is getting the the what is it? Uh, James Ellsworth push. Yes,
2: she? yes. It's yeah. it's like uh, like the Peter Principle. Like you just fail upwards, and and and. Uh, like, you'll get promoted to the level of your incompetence. And, like, the, when, when, when you were reading that feedback way, like, and then it's, it's terrible because, yes, I, I still I need to look at that Chronicle because, like, I have heard good things about it and it does sound like she's been through some stuff in her real life. Uh, but all I could think about when, when Andrew was leaving us feedback is oh, my goodness, Lana's gimmick is white privilege. Like I haven't done anything to earn my spot. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't done the oh, hard man. work required and necessary. Like I get it just by virtue of being a pretty broad, blonde lady.
0: And and who were the final two people to eliminate themselves last night, Nate?
2: Mm, two two women of color waiting. This is a metaphor. It's not a match. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> Oh boy! Well, um, that that makes me give a whole new appreciation to this uh, to this storyline. <laughs> uh, there is perhaps a whole lot more depth at play than, than maybe we're we're giving cr- credit for. Um, very interesting takes, as always from you, Nate. Um, a pleasure, as always. Thank you for joining me for a, a bit of a, a longer show, um, but still, I think within within our time limit. But uh, again, Nate, uh, where can people hear from you? Not just for your wrestling takes, but for all of your takes on everything going on.
2: Yes. Well, this was a pleasure way. Always good chatting with you, my friend. And it was good uh, that we had our ace reporter early in the show, uh, mm-hmm. Brother Andrew Thompson. Uh, so that was a good conversation. Uh, but if folks want to hear more from me, they can check me out uh, primarily on the Kings of Sport uh you can check us out. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Uh five dollars gets you in the door. If you want to pay more, I won't stop you. Uh we got over a hundred hours of audio and video for the folks out there wrestling, politics, sports, uh MCU stuff. You know, there's there's a bunch of stuff on there, so you can check that out. Uh coming up this week, as a matter of fact, we are dropping our our very first uh movie live watch uh where uh, Brittany Monet Vanessa Shark, uh, two of my co-hosts from the Black Lightning Podcast, they sat down with me and we did a live watch of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Wow. Uh, so that'll be out on Thursday as a Thanksgiving treat for the folks in America and a Thursday treat for the folks in Canada. Uh, so that's there. How many
0: times have you seen it?
2: Hamilton, I've seen Hamilton probably seven times now seven. since July. So, uh, so I'm
0: expecting some deep dive commentary from Nate. Oh
2: yeah, it, it's watched. it's great because like Brittany is like a super Hamilton fan. She's seen the show live. I'm kind of like the new convert to the church. And Vanessa is our friend who we pestered into watching this film with us. And so you get three different points of view on the movie. So that'll be up uh, on the Patreon this week. Uh, you can also check me out on uh, Place to Be Nation uh, with the main event. And of course post-wrestling uh the rocky my via picture show the latest edition as Wayne mentioned off the top is myself shane mcdonough and chris from l.a and we reviewed san andreas and and i don't know if this is breaking news or not, way but that will be the final review from the rocky my via picture show for 2020
0: uh i believe you mentioned it on the show did you not
2: yes cuz like the election and, and san andreas took so much out of us so december we're taking the, we're taking a month off and then we'll be back in january so january 2021 and it feels it feels really good to say those numbers waiting 2021 uh the first rocky movie picture show of the year will be myself and the uh, guys from too fast too forever and maybe some other special guests and we'll be reviewing fast and furious 7
0: Oh, what a great way to come back uh, from yes. from the man who, again, uh, the non's of podcasting himself, Nate Milton. Uh, and again, uh, if you want to support the Rocky Mountain Via Picture Show, grab a t-shirt this week, com. Yes. We've got a 20% off sale uh, and, again, uh, perhaps one of my favorites. A design from Robert Pearson for the Rocky Mountain via picture. show. go and check. I mean, that what out.
2: better thing to do? I don't want. I don't want to say it, way, but I feel like we're all, we've already walked down this path talking about Lana's gimmick. But what better way to support one of your favorite black podcasters than to buy his t-shirt on Black Friday, ladies and Whoa. gentlemen?
0: Whoa! <laughs> Unbelievable! All the connections are right there, oh. and uh, he's the man to draw it all together. So. Thank you very much, Nate Milton. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. I will be back uh, tomorrow on the Cafe with John Pollock to talk about ECW rules, or sorry, ECW Anarchy rules, mm-hmm. and then Wednesday with Bruce Lord on Rewind a Dynamite, along with Andrew Thompson as well. So uh, you have the final word, Nate.
2: How else can we end this week's show away other than... Broger?